0: This is Steeler Country, episode 177 for week 5, 2016, when the Pittsburgh Steelers beat the New York Jets 31-13, recorded October 10th, 2016.
1: My mother's people were all coal miners. My father's people were all steel workers. They all worked in the mills. I don't believe in miracles. I believe in Pittsburgh. And there's a collision. We play for city and country.
0: The city is Pittsburgh. And this is Steelers Country. All right, welcome to Steeler Country. I'm your host, Tony. We'll have Mike and Joe later on in the podcast to talk about the emergence of Sammy Coates, uh, the defense, kind of where it stands right now, what, what they're thinking about it, and where the Steelers are, big picture. What what are our expectations for the rest of the, rest of the season? But let's talk about this game. The Steelers win 31-13, to really a tale of two halves. That was a tight first half. Uh, the defense gave up a little too many yards, but the offense was able to bail them out. And then, you know, the second half, I mean, they finished the game well, as I said last week. Uh, the Chiefs game doesn't care what happened in Philadelphia. We're always going to live with the fact that this team can at any moment just completely blow up defensively. And, and if they're not giving Ben time uh, and, and he's uncomfortable, uh, this you know this thing can really unravel, especially from a defensive standpoint. Um, you know, This was a fur- frustrating first half. This, this was not the performance you wanted to see from this team. And I think in the back of everyone's mind was what? It was the Philadelphia game. It was, oh, no, here we go again. Uh, we're going to have this bad quarterback or, or this unknown quarterback with Carson Wentz uh, pick us apart, and it, it's something that we're just going to have to deal with as Steeler fans. Um, you know, the Steelers lack a real pass rush; they lack a dominant corner, uh, and they are really injury depleted. If you look at the guys who are out for this defense, if you look at who they wanted to start in the preseason and what's actually come to fruition uh, because of injuries, you know, it's it's tough. I mean, you, you lose your best two playmakers in Cam Hayward and Ryan Shazier. Uh, Jarvis Jones has been dealing with An ankle injury or a a wrist injury He's got a plethora of injuries Um, We've missed uh, Robert Golden now for a couple games Uh, Sean Davis had that back injury Didn't really look 100% right In this game Uh, But we've had some guys come in and fill those roles Really really well I think Ricardo Matthews did a great job I think Javon Hargrave did a great job on that defensive line Uh, Vince Williams has been terrific Uh, Jordan Dangerfield again played very well uh, and I think, you know, at the cornerback spot without Justin Gilbert in this game, um, you know, they were able to fill in there as well. This was – defensively, this was rough in the first half, but it got so much better in the second half. Uh, they started to get some pressure on Fitzgerald. They shut down Brandon Marshall. And, and overall, it's not a bad performance. I'll, I'll take 13 points. I'll take 2 of 11 on third down. This was a shutout in the second half and ultimately it led to a stealer win. Offensively, you know, we're becoming that pick-your-poison type offense. We knew we could be this coming into the season. Once we got AB, once we got Le'Veon, if the, if, if the offensive line stayed healthy or healthy enough, if those pieces stayed together, this was just going to be a dominant offense. And it has been. You know, if you shut down AB, we're going to go to Le'Veon, and now we're going to go to Sammy Coates. We're going to go to Jesse James. We're going to go to all these guys. It starts with the offensive line, though. I want to go back to that because they gave Ben a ton of time in this game. If you look at that AB touchdown, he's able to double pump uh, and, and throw that touchdown. And you think about who they were going up against, the New York Jets have one of the best, if not the best, defensive line in the entire National Football League. And Ben had all day to throw. This was a great offensive line performance. Um, you know, there the running lanes weren't there, but Ben had time and he picked the Jets apart. The other thing we saw in this game was the emergence of Sammy Coates as a weapon. You know, yeah, he had those drops, but my oh my, you know, I talked about him as being a role player. I think he's becoming the real deal now. I think we're going to start to talk about, and look, it's only a couple game sample size so far, but he's starting to show those tools where maybe he can just be the number two guy, and it's going to be at the expense of Marcus Wheaton, but Sammy Coates might be the real deal. Let's welcome Mike and Joe back to Steeler Country to talk about Sammy and the defense. Joe, how are you doing this evening? Hey, here we go, Steelers! Mike, welcome back. Yep,
1: good to be back again. Four and one,
0: looking good. I want to bring you guys in to talk about this, to talk about Sammy Coates. Uh, he has been, a, to what I've been calling a role player for these first, first four weeks of the season, but very good as a deep threat. Uh, you know, we talked about him in the preseason a little bit about, uh, you know, could he become the Martavis type? Um, and, and what he's, I think what he's evolving into now from the first four weeks from a role player, are, are we starting to see him become like a true number two receiver? I think so. I think
1: that he is, He's just becoming more dominant. I agree that going into the season, probably everything everyone thought I just hope that he can kind of pick up where Martavis left off going deep and being that deep threat but he's he's been catching you know the short screen passes and and he's he just looks bigger and bigger every time I see him. it's look i think he's morphing into definitely a number two i mean he might he could his potential is he could be like a one a type of receiver where you can really count on him for short passes, and going deep. Granted, uh, you know, despite the drops last week, which I'm sure we're going to talk about here shortly. Yeah. However, I think he's really, he's just looks more and more dominant to me as I watch him this season.
0: Joe, I know you were big on Martavis, especially early on, the X-Factor that he brought. Um, you know, he started his career as being that the deep threat guy, and then he kind of evolved his game more and more. Are you seeing the same qualities out of Sammy Coates? Well,
2: he, he, you know, the thing I liked about Bryant is that when he came into the game, he was a different maker. Um, offense, the offense looked different and looked better when he was in the game. As soon as, as soon as he came in the game, made a different. Uh, so I was concerned this year that, you know, the offense was going to miss that. Um, and, and to some degree, I think, I think Coates has picked that up. Um, so, and, and sometimes, sometimes he, he's, you know, he's just picked it up period. Um, and, and sometimes, uh. Sometimes maybe he's maybe he's he's even exceeding uh, the production that Bryant had. Um, I think he's like he catches some shorter ones that Bryant really wasn't wasn't doing much of. Uh, I don't know. I want to see more. Um, you know, I mean, I'm not sold on the whole thing. I know there's a lot of drops, and I know there was a injury and or stitches or something.
0: Yeah, he involved. had a weird laceration in the first half. I don't know when he got it, but it's according to uh, the locker the guys in the locker room. He had to have stitches on one of his fingers at halftime.
2: Yeah. So uh, you know. Okay. So then I have to withhold judgment on all the, all the drops. I mean, at one point, somebody asked me, "Is Sammy Coates good or bad?" And
0: I said, "Yes." <laughs> it was. It's a weird game. Mm. It was a strange game from Sammy. He had. I mean, okay. So the last two, the last two games we have gone on the first drive deep to Sammy Coates' with success he has definitely solidified himself as kind of that you know the Mike Wallace like you can't stop this guy going deep or at least the way defenses are playing us with the bracketing of Antonio Brown it just seems like whenever the Steelers want to go deep to Sammy you know it should be there or at least in certain coverages it'll be there Uh, but I really like what I'm seeing out of Sammy as far as Mike like you said they're using him on shorter passes they're using him on wide receiver screens and it seemed like in Kansas City they wanted to get him involved Um, And maybe, you know, he didn't have like a huge game against Kansas City, but they were certainly going to him more on routes that you didn't normally see them go to, you know, the Mike Wallace, like Mike Wallace. Mike Wallace was a, at at the peak of his career, Mike Wallace was the, the deep threat guy that every once in a while he'd pick up a third down, but his, his bread and butter was going deep. I think what I like about Sammy is that he's showing a more well-roundedness. And Joe, I think you, like you said, I think he's showing it a lot earlier in his career than Martavis did. Martavis, I agree with you, was a, was a game changer early in his career, but it was because he was able to bring that deep threat. Um, Sammy's doing it all over the field. This was a, I mean, look, the drops, I, I agree with you guys, the drops are inexcusable, but this was a very well-rounded performance from Sammy. Hey, I think that's true. I think that you're
1: right. At the end of uh, last season, Martavis was really coming on, and, he was, and you can count on him for some you know, short first down passes. I think he caught a big touchdown pass against the Bengals in the playoffs. Yeah, and um, and Sammy is starting to do that now. It's almost like they're designing plays for him, especially those screen passes. And when he catches the screen passes, he just looks like you know, he he's he's like a, a bigger guy against these backs that are trying to tackle him. And and I think that's a factor. And when I look at the the game sheets here from the season, this these are his targets uh, for the first five games: three, five, four, then eight and eleven. So they're designing plays for him now.
0: Yeah. They really are. And what's, I think what's exciting to me is, like, you know, even if Sammy, Sammy's production goes down here in the next couple of weeks because he has put up two pretty good games in a row now, I think that's just going to mean more for AB. You know, it, it, we, we've talked a lot in this podcast before about the pick-your-poison offense that we have, right? If you're going to cover AB, we're just going to go to Bell. If you're going to cover Bell, we're going to go to Heath. Like, back in the day, it was Heath or Martavis. But now, if we have Sammy Coates become an X-factor, like, number two guy, who you really also have to watch out for... I think it's just going to open up things for AB again. Teams are going to, you know, they're either going to be forced to to live with Sammy killing them, or, you know, you're going to go back to doing single coverage on AB, and I'm, as we've seen earlier this year, it's just going to it's just going to kill you.
1: Yes, and AB is still great. I mean, that guy just catches anything and everything that comes near him. And you're right, one-on-one coverage, him and Ben are on the same page, and it's just fun to watch. And I, I like. When they get down near the goal line you know especially like the two point conversion area, it just seems like if if they if the offensive line gives Ben a little bit of time, it's almost unstoppable there's just so many weapons in that five wide and that short distance that
0: and then a lot of times
1: he finds a guy that's just wide open
0: yeah like like jesse james the red zone offense this year has been tremendous third zone, third down offense has been great, but the red zone offense of this team i think we were i think we only had one red zone opportunity that we didn't cash in this week, and that was the one where Ben fumbled it. Um, but every other one went for a touchdown it's been it's been a real key to this team has been scoring in the red zone and then you know we can start talking about the defense now uh you know and then on the other side it's not allowing teams to score in the red zone and kicking field goals while we're scoring touchdowns um, i want to talk to you guys about the defense because this has been an interesting season for the defense um, they are playing maybe the most unstealer like football we've ever seen we've seen some bad Steeler defenses um we've seen you know, this defense transitioned from what it was in 2008, the Blitzberg style, to now, I don't even know how to characterize this defense. Um, I know a lot of Steelers fans coming out of this game are thinking, are saying this was a very shaky performance, uneven performance, bad in the first half, good in the second half. What's you guys' take on, on the defense so far? Uh, I mean, I, I
2: you know, do you want me to be very candid
0: about the defense? Yes! I think it's a bust.
2: Uh, I do. I, I mean, I just watched it on Sunday— and um you know uh who's the quarterback for the Jets now uh Greg calls him the professor Fitzpatrick I mean this is a mediocre quarterback um and and he had a lot of success against the Steelers um he looked like he looked like a a first class quarterback against against our defense um you know we drafted for speed you know we did all these all these 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 things that you know the the strategy we tried to evaluate what we thought the strategy was um you know we don't get pressure on the quarterbacks unless we blitz um we don't we don't really dominate the line of scrimmage okay we don't give off much in running but it doesn't seem like it's very dominant it seems more like teams just prefer to pass so it's not that hard to be good against the run but when they need yards they get it on the ground right um and i i, I just i you know this year i've been thinking about you know, as I've watched our defense get scorched between the twenties, um, game after game, um, and, and I I just look at it and go, this this is not this, this is this is f- at least five years of of poor Steeler defense. Um, I, I'm tired of it. I, I just and and you know the comment that I made on Sunday watching the game against the Jets was, you know, when when um when the Steelers defense would be on the field, I would always wonder who is it that's about to make the next great play? Would it be Troy Palomalu? Would it be James Harrison? You know, would it, would it be, and and you just go back through the different defenses and name the guys, Greg Lloyd, whoever. Okay. And now you just look at it and go, is anybody going to make a play? Um, Because there are no playmakers on the defense. There are none. Um, And, yeah, uh, I just I'm just disappointed there. It's not a Steeler. This is not Steeler football.
0: It's just not. It is definitely not. I agree on that. I, I agree with the both points you made there. There is no playmaker on this defense and it is not we are not playing traditional Steeler defense. But Mike, uh, are we playing? What's your take on the defense? Well, I think Joe's going a little too far calling it a bust.
1: Uh, I do agree, though, that it is frustrating when you see a mediocre quarterback like Fitzpatrick, who, who has his hot streaks. And we've seen it even earlier in the season, have a lot of success, especially on these third and eights and third twelves. And they're converting or even when Joe said they need a run, and they get the run. And when you when you know or you know that when we go against Tom Brady and great quarterbacks, it's only going to be worse. However, the reason I'm going to say it's not a bust, it may be by design, because when you look at
0: the
1: I mean, I know you don't like to look at stats, Joe, so you're going to love this. We are 26 in defense against uh, yards per yards game. Yards
0: against, yeah.
1: Yards against. So, um, however, we're we're ninth in points per game against. And so that that basically says exactly what you said. You know, we're giving up yards between the 20s, but we're not giving up points. So, I want to ask ask you guys, what are we doing? What are we doing when they get in the red zone? How are we stopping them from getting points? Isn't that is that enough
0: to say that hey, this defense is good or pretty good or that's adequate? only if the only if the answer to that question is not luck, right? I mean is it there there's a there's a version of this defense where it's just been you know I don't want to say blind luck but it's like it is a little bit lucky inside the 20s that we just they just what all of a sudden we get inside the red zone and they just stop being able to move the ball and it has happened, right? Washington Kirk Cousins ate us up in that game. I mean they were moving the ball between the 20s like nobody's business. I think every single passer this year has thrown over 300 yards and maybe Alex Smith didn't, but I know for a fact the other three definitely did throw over 300 yards. Um, so, yeah, I think it might just, I don't know, it's its interesting because like Joe said, we can't, look, we can't rush the quarterback without blitzing, right? There's no, there is no dominant Steeler pass rusher on this team. If there was going to be one, it was probably going to be Bud Dupree and he's gone until halfway through the season. Right, so to check that off, and if there was going to be another one, it was going to be Cam Hayward, and he's been dealing with injuries the entire season. He's probably going to sit out for another two, three games now. Um, so I, I totally agree. We don't have a dominant, we don't have a dominant corner. We don't have a shutdown corner. Ross Cockrell is as close as we're going to get to that, and Ross Cockrell got eaten up by, by uh, Marshall in, in the first half of this game. Um, I, I actually agree with everything Joe said. I, I just I, I'm with, I'm, a, I'm a little bit on your camp, Mike, because I don't think it's a bust yet. Uh, I think it's kind of a wait. I'm more of a wait and see with this defense. I watched it in the first half and it was, there was a part that was just terrible, which is terrible. They were just eating us up whenever they wanted to. But then you look at the second half and they just weren't able to move the ball at all. Um, or they certainly weren't able to put point. We shut them out in the second half. Um, it's a little bit Jekyll and Hyde. They don't have a playmaker. Shazier's hurt. Hayward's hurt. Golden's hurt. Um, Gilbert's hurt. You know, everybody's hurt. Jarvis is hurt. Uh, they got, they're dealing with injuries front and back. But somehow they're putting it together, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just hoping they keep it together. I think I, um, to...
2: I think the moving the ball up and down the field between the twenties, and then it's stalling out is 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 a simple equation, um, and it's just it's easier with all that field to spread out to spread out our our inferior secondary. Um, it, it it's just easy to do that. It's easy to get people into space um, because because we don't have an answer, you know, for that. Um, and then when and then when you get inside the 20, you get down to the red zone. I mean, if you're going to have a shitty or a sucky defran- defense, I guess this is the kind of defense to have because you give up field goals. And I did make the comment on Sunday, you're not going to lose a game giving up field goals. Right. Um, and that's what's so- happened so far. Yeah, and that's what's happened so far, uh, but uh, so it's harder, it's harder to exploit, you know, our our inferior secondary when there's less, when there's less field to work with, um, and uh, and I, I think that's all there is to
1: it. It's very simple. Um, but can that can that be by design? I mean, th- how many long passes have we given up this season? I can't think of any
0: uh, long in Menison the air. You're talking mark? about passing yeah. long pass. L- in the like, air? Yeah, like a
1: 40-yard pass. And definitely not, none for a touchdown. Maybe the Bengals had a long one. I can't remember. But I think that's probably by design, where you're keeping everything in front of you, and then when the field gets shorter, yeah, you're right. It is easier to defend. You don't have well, to worry kid, about someone uh, getting behind you. You can play tighter.
2: What's this kid, Artie, Artie, Artie Burns. Jones Burns? He might be the exception to what I'm saying. I'm not sure yet. I haven't yeah. seen enough of him. But what I have seen
0: has been good. He's he is he is a bright spot. He's definitely a bright spot. I mean I think there are there are bright spots all over, right? I think the, the nice thing about our defense is that we don't have we don't have a like a bat like there's no player on the defense where you go, where is our replacement for that guy? You know,
2: they no name is, the last three number one or highest draft choices for the defense.
0: Hayward, uh Bud Dupree. No. Wait, who got drafted first? Hayward or Jarvis? Well, it's either Har- Hayward hey, or Jarvis, and then Bud Dupree. was on the already or Burns. Jarvis. What
1: about Shazier?
0: Oh, and Shazier's He's in there, before too. that? Oh, Harry Hayward's been around longer than three years. Yeah, you're right. I Hayward's think. probably, yeah. So it's probably She's Shazier, probably the then Shazier, then uh, Bud, then Artie. Okay, yeah. so. <laughs> the,
2: the, the crappy Shazier. thing
0: is that two of those guys are oh, injured. So you guys used to do this all the time.
2: You used to go look at our draft choices. And look at how they're look at how they're they're participating now.
1: Are they contributing? Okay.
2: Right. Yeah. Are they contributing to the team? I, I'm going to say Shazier. No. Right. Who, who's the next one? Uh, Bud Dupree. No. 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 He's and right. Artie. Artie Jury's out. He's the one first year guy. Hey, it's a. Ne- okay. he's, he's uh, a but if we go guy. before him, Hayward. Yes, he's a contributor. He's already. I mean, he's in his fourth year.
0: Right.
2: Um. He's probably the best player on defense. Um. Uh, I, I think and actually I should say probably. Nervous. I think there. Oh, Jarvis Jones was up in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Jarvis, Jarvis. I think Kate Hayward is before. Jarvis, Jarvis was
1: before Shazier. Yeah.
2: So yeah. this is the year Jarvis
1: needs to turn the corner. And is Jarvis
2: right? a contributor?
0: No. I think he is. No, I, I think he is. But well, he's come it, on. He's, what impact plays? I think he's a running he's had he? in three or four years. Yeah. yeah. No, I think I he think just he, had
1: an interception. Didn't he have the interception? This is the result
2: I saw. He's yeah, Not a good okay. pass rusher. I saw it. Right. I saw it. Is he a monster on the field? Do you go? Gee, I wonder what phenomenal play Jarvis might make during this game. When you see him,
0: no, no, you don't even hardly look for him. The anymore. only player on the defense is, that would, that you could put in that category right now is Shazier. That's the only James one.
1: Harrison. <laughs> <We> still put <laughs> James 30, Harrison in.
0: Thirty-eight-year-old James Harrison. What's what's James Harrison going to do on this play? <laughs> well, well, that's true. No, no how yeah, much, it you is. know
2: something. Some of the most exciting defensive plays from all of last year came from James Harrison.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, let me but, let, let me transition it this way. Let, let's no, look. Uh, okay.
2: This is a problem, and that's why I say it's. It it may maybe it maybe it hasn't busted yet, but it's really close to blowing up.
0: Well, didn't it? Okay, I, so gonna, I want to I want to shape it this way, right? Because I think I think a lot of this is shaped by you, know, you said it hasn't blown up yet. I think it did blow up in Philly, right? Philly is the game that sticks in the back of every Steeler fan's mind, and and I think it will now for the entire season. How, how much of how, what we think about this defense is shaped by what happened in Philly? Because I, Joe, I remember talking to you after the Bengals game, and you said, man, this was a really great Steeler defensive performance. You know, that's a game where uh, I believe Andy Dalton put up 350 yards passing. Um, you know, they were able to move the ball a lot between the 20s.
2: It was because they kept them out of the end zone. Right. In retrospect. Right.
1: That's what it was. Yeah. And there is another point here to be made, and that is that it is easier to play defense when you have the lead. So this, the second half against the Jets, it just got easier and easier. Right. And even a Bengals game, we would had the lead. I mean, it wasn't a two-score lead, but they did have a lead for most of the game, I believe. And against Philly, we didn't have the lead. Our offense was not keeping up with their offense. We were, they were making mistakes, and then we were behind. And when you're playing defense like that, you don't know if they're going to run or pass.
2: Right. I mean, it's just how do you look at? I mean, what what are you as a fan, as a longtime Steeler fan, a, a team that's had a top five defense almost? Uninterrupted from 1972 until 2010 or
0: 11,
2: mm-hmm. and that, and now can't put a defense together. What do you, I mean, what you just look at that and go, something's wrong, man. You got to rethink your position here. But I okay, think this guys, defense, but yeah, so the game has changed, and you're trying to change with it. But your
0: change, you, you misread it. You miss. You misread where you got to be. Well, I think I think we'll know for sure that that's the case if we get blasted by New England in two weeks, right? If this team goes out against New yeah, England— But what just, are the odds of not getting blasted I, I, by New I think I think it's going to be a very interesting—I'm interested to see it, right? Because I agree with you, it very easily that could just be another 55-30 to 30 game and we're coming back on this podcast and just, you know, uh, crying our eyeballs out. But I, I think there's another reality where Brady's able to drive on us like everybody else does, but then the defense clamps down and the offense is just continuing to score points. I do think I think that that's the plan that Tomlin's bringing that's the plan that Tomlin and Butler are bringing in is that you're kicking field goals and we're scoring touchdowns and look that could that could very easily lead us to February and it could also very easily lead us to 10 and 6 and an early exit from the playoffs. I think
2: this so I'll say this there 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 they're, you know the first two games uh the the Bengals and then the and then the Eagles, right? Those are the first two games.
0: The Redskins right? and the
2: Bengals. Uh, Red, Red, uh, Redskins, Bengals, and then and then Eagles. Okay, so so the uh, the commonality in those is um, the, the defense kind of sat back in those games. After the Eagles game, the defense played more aggressively, uh, and and that you know a little bit to their credit. And I thought about that on Sunday. I'm like, okay, yeah, they're playing more aggressively against the Jets. They're blitzing more. They're taking chances. But you have to do that. Um, it's 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 not you know it's a, it's a it's a gambling defense and I know you gamble on defense but you know the the smart gamblers bet when the odds are heavily in their favor okay so and the odds are not heavily in our favor when we gamble with our defense okay um, you know when you when you send uh, Troy Palomalo on some crazy ass blitz um, and, and you know you you leave you leave uh, corners on on islands out there and, and a, and, a um, and who was back there with him uh, Ryan Clark well, but uh, you leave him be- sitting back there, um, you know that's a good bet. Okay, what we got now? We're not, we're not. You know, and also, also, you, you've got this extraordinary talent in Palomo. Something's going to happen. Right. He's going to make something happen. Okay, and and it, and if he falls short, we got you know we got insurance. There, there is none. There's nothing. You
0: are literally just betting blind. Yeah, it's I I, no, I agree with you. I agree with you that the talent on this defense is not where you'd want it to be. I just I think the Steelers might be making the best out of a bad situation at this point. Yeah, but they made it. They drafted it. They went. Well, for they, a lot of that is in, you know the they want stuff, I don't know you blame we want all this speed. We want small guys,
2: super fast speed. And
1: uh, uh. hey, let me ask you this though. I mean, I, I always say or have been saying that. It's just today's NFL. You can't you can't dominate on defense anymore. The the offense, the rules, everything is just favored for the offense. However, there are a couple of teams that are playing somewhat dominating defense in this league. Let's say the Vikings and the Broncos to a degree. The Broncos, even though they kind of got, or they did get rolled on by the Falcons. So, what is it that those teams or teams like that? What do they have that that we don't have?
0: Well, I don't think okay. So let's, than, let's frame is this, it just
1: a simple pass rush? Well,
0: okay. Let's let's let's, let's back up one second, right? So, like, they're, we're not getting rolled on, right? Our problem is not that we're giving up points yet. I think the problem that we're talking about is that we're giving up too many yards and that we're all worried, we're all sitting here worried that Philly's going to happen again and that some team's going to all of a sudden figure us out and make the blueprint for how you beat the Steelers defense because we already know we're bad between the 20s. So now the only, the next step is who shows the rest of the NFL how to beat us within the 20s. I, I think... To, to, and to answer your question, I think it's pass rush. The whole his whole thing is erased if the Steelers found a pass rush. If right, and that, and
2: that, okay, so you went past Mike's question. What do these other teams have? Uh, uh, defense starts with uh, it starts with the with the defensive line. You need a dominating defensive line, and we have one guy who who qualifies for that don't on to our it, defense. Don't heat to it. Um, don't heat to it. Okay, maybe two, but uh, uh,
1: but they're both. But they're not really being productive, though. They're great players, but they're. I mean, yeah, we have what up. six sacks this season? Right, they're not productive well, for the Yeah, pass they, you know, we you need to
2: disrupt a, You need guys that can disrupt a backfield on their own. Put four guys, uh, you know, up on on the line of scrimmage and upset the offense's rhythm right from the right from the snap of the football. Um, that's a that's the start of a dominating defense your first draft picks go there everything beats from the snap of the ball if you dominate if you if you disrupt that scheme all of a sudden all of the options on offense especially a passing offense change how do they change well we can't protect the quarterback so we have to keep people in who would otherwise be safety valves and route runners and they have to stay back to pick up blocks because we're we can't handle what's happening to us on the line of scrimmage it's very simple it's not a complicated and i think the steelers the modern day steelers have made it a complex you know let's put this thing you just can't just can't pick a pass rusher like that off a tree Stick right. it know into it's a, a computer and spit out a, a strategy.
1: I know, but it's just like the Browns saying, "Oh, all we need is a franchise quarterback." I mean, you just you right. just can't go find a franchise quarterback. You can't find that great Bruce Smith pass rusher or Reggie White. You hope you can.
2: Right. Well, we, the I mean, they thought they, they to thought they had to it in find, Oh, wait a second. Now the Steelers seem to be able to find at will. Okay, and and in and in you know a dime a dozen style. Uh, Wide receivers that are that are NFL class starters around the league, and every year there's another one on the Steelers. They just show up in training camp. Okay, so I mean, where how's that happening? Whoever the scouts are for the. The scouting the wide receivers.
0: Well, we need some that understand defensive line play. Well, I think and I th- get some scouts out there and find us. No, I don't think it's defensive line. I, I think I think you're, you're missing the mark a little bit on the defense. I think it's the, the problem is linebacker, not defense. The line, the defensive oh, line, I think is too, good. But it Hayward's, starts with the line. Hey, Hayward and it, but who, you're going to replace. Which one of those do you want to replace? I mean, I think Hayward and Tuit are very, very good. I think the problem you have is that your starting outside linebackers right now are Jarvis Jones who's much more of a run defender than a pass rusher and then your real the other side would be your pass rusher and that right now is Arthur Moats because Bud is hurt. Uh, the Steelers put a lot of lot of uh, eggs in the in the Bud Dupree basket this year. He was supposed to be the dominant pass rusher. We saw some of it last year. he had flashes last year of being that dominant guy and then he has the sports hernia in preseason and it's just that whole plan is just out the window now. you know they have Harrison they have Moats they have this guy Chicklow who I thought Chilow actually had his first good play. Uh, or first good game against the Jets, but I, I think the the pass rush isn't there. You know, and and is it is it the general manager's fault? Is it the offseason? You know, of course, right? They 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 completely missed on Jarvis as a pass rusher. You know, he was a guy who led the SEC in sacks in college, and it just did that just did not translate into the NFL. He's never he's never going to be even a five sack a year guy. Um, and, and but do you keep him just because he's so good against the run? Maybe. Uh, and then the other side, like you. The problem with this team is is depth, right? Once once Bud goes down, there is no other player that you're even going to rely on as far as pass rush. And so the whole defensive schematics have to either change, and either you're going to blitz to get pass rush or you're going to play what we've been doing, which is just hey, kill us in the 20s and then hopefully we stop you in the 20.
2: Well, the other thing that made a difference uh, the tail of two coins, that's our that, that is the offense saves the defense a little bit because if it if it gets rolling which it couldn't do in Philly, so that's the result you get. Um, uh, if the offense gets rolling, uh, then it makes the defense's job a lot easier. And, and the two sides of that coin are Denver Broncos and, and Minnesota Vikings, Minnesota Vikings. Um, they, they pick up uh, uh, what's his name Bradford, um, yep. the kid from, uh, from the Rams who was always hurt. and, uh, and he, I thought he, I always thought he was a good quarterback. He's in a situation now where he's making a difference and it's making it a hell of a lot easier for that talented defense to play defense. Um, And, and, and and they're, they're doing it now in Denver. The other side of that thing is they've been dominant for, for a while, um, but now they have an offense uh, with a quarterback who, who cannot make anything happen. And the defenses know it. um, And so uh, they're, they're, they're just less effective uh, because they don't play with a lead. You know they're probably never going to play with a lead again this year. You know, um, so so you know now see how good your defense is. And uh, you know uh, credit credit to the old Steeler defenses, the pre-Ben defenses, um, who who were still dominant with the with the likes of uh, O'Donnell and and Tomzak. Um, those guys, you know, uh, how many they, they they set records for three and outs I think in games. Um, and uh, and those defenses stayed dominant. That that's the kind of Steeler defense. You know that we always had. We, I mean, we're spoiled. I'm, I'm spoiled. We had it for 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 decades, and and now we, we don't have anything even close to that.
0: All right, before I get before I get you guys out of here, let's. Uh, I, I want to get you guys' take on what where you think this team is headed. What what what's your expectation for the rest of the season? Is this a is this a deep playoff run type team? Is this a Super Bowl contender? Uh, Mike, wh- what's your expectation for the rest of the season?
1: Expectation is it's a deep playoff run team, and I think we're going to find out in, in the upcoming weeks with the schedule. You know, playing New England, who, who is it's three games in a row that are tough. There, New England, then at Baltimore, and then Dallas at home, I believe. Yep. yep. New England's at home, so if those three games, I think they should win two. If they if they win two, I think you win the division easily. Which means that if you win two of those games, you're a really really good team, which we hope that they are, and you don't you don't sputter against a team like at Indianapolis or, or some other game and, and you have enough wins that you have a nice cushion to win the division. You get the home field, maybe not home field, you know, the one or two seed, that would be good enough. And yeah, we're going to go deep into the playoffs. It could be a super bowl run. However, if we lose two of these three games, just for the reasons we spoke of where the offense may sputter a little bit and the defense can't stop the great quarterback inside the red zone, inside the 20, then, uh then we're going to, struggle to win the division at 10 and six or 11 and five and, and hope to get it hot in the playoffs. So that's yeah. how I see it. I, I, my expectations though, are the defense continues to get a little better and the offense just continues to roll if they stay healthy. I mean, with Le'Veon coming back, it makes a big difference.
0: It has so far. Joe, what about you? What's your expectation for the rest of the year? Well,
2: so I would be remiss if I did not celebrate on this podcast. Um, the perfect Steeler football weekend. It's like a dream weekend. It really is. Put a little star on it, or put three Steeler stars on it, and uh, and, and mark it. Steeler win, Browns loss, Bengals loss, Ravens loss. Uh, and that leads into the, the point that I want to make. Um, the, the Steelers, I expect them to win the division because they are clearly the best team in the division the bengal's have clearly fallen off of whatever high they they were on last year um, uh, maybe it's cuz they're going to play a first place schedule maybe it's just cuz you know teams take them more seriously or you know who knows
0: maybe they're just but, not uh, good
2: who <laughs> it's just they're weird just, they're not they're not nearly as good as um as everybody expected them to be and the, and the and the ravens um their record is about three wins ahead of what their actual talent is
0: yeah, yeah they're, uh, they're becoming point. a
2: joke Um, they are a sub 500 talent team um and and i i think they're going to come in under 500 i think i think the bengals come in eight eight and eight nine and seven tops so 10 and six wins a division i think steelers can do that um uh, i think they get in the playoffs and then it's just a matter of the draw, really. Um, yeah. who, who do you draw? If you draw the wrong team in the first round, you know. Uh, and then the other, the other part of it is: is the off the offense. If the offense is out of sync for whatever reason, opening drive, bam, touchdown. Oops, we had an inexplicable drop in the end zone on a road game. You know, it's game over. It's yeah. game over. Defense is not going to save you. Yeah, you're right. All
0: right, so so you so, uh, you know okay. it's a
2: playoff. It's a playoff run. It's a playoff season. And then depending on who the team draws in the playoffs and depending on whether the offense shows up in sync for, for the three or four postseason game run, um, if, they, if they show up for all those in a row, well, it, it, you know, it, it, any, anybody's game. But it's a lot of ifs, ands, and, you yes, know, yeah. what ifs and maybes.
1: All right, guys, I want to make, oh, hey, make one more point about going into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. If we get our trifecta going into the playoffs, which we haven't had over the last two seasons, if they're healthy going in, that's going to make a big difference. So that's keep your fingers crossed yes. for that one.
0: I've been saying it all year. The only thing between this team and a Super Bowl is, is injuries. and Boy, the injury bug keeps biting us, but it's not its not yet happened to Ben, Bell, or Brown yet. So knock on wood, let's, let's keep it that way. All right, guys, thanks for coming on. I'll try to get you guys back in a couple weeks after New England. Thanks, Tony. Tony. All right, so that was maybe a little more pessimistic than that I had expected, but you know I think that's how Steeler fans are feeling right now, right? I mean, you know this is how this is how Steeler fans are reacting to uh, a defense that you know isn't what we're used to, um, and, and especially after what happened in Philly, like I said, this is just going to linger over us now. Um, but I, th- I think the Steelers can look. This is a defense that can continue to do um, what it's doing. It just it just has to continue playing at this high level within the 20s. Um, and if they don't, then you know what? We're just going to get killed. Uh, we're going to get killed by New England. That's a very important game for us coming up in two weeks. And, and the Miami game is extremely important as well. Uh, this is one where the Steelers have to be focused. This cannot be Philly all over again. Um, you know, I talked about – before the Philly game, oh, this is gonna be a loss, it's gonna be a loss. And, and you know what? I can come on here and say the exact same thing over again because this feels like a trap game. It's it's in between the Steelers, you know, Redemption Sunday, Chiefs win, and now you know they keep them. And I'm going in with against the Jets, but those are two home games, and now you have to go on the road to a bad team, but one of the worst teams in the NFL. And then very next week, you're gonna play the maybe the best team in the NFL, certainly the the your one big challenger in the AFC, in the New England Patriots, and you're playing them at home. And, you know, this Dolphins game can be overlooked. Um, They cannot afford to come into this game without focus, without that mental preparation because, you know, it's the NFL. You can get beat on any any Sunday. And this team has to come in focused, ready to go. And if they do, I mean, this is going to be a laugher. This should be an absolute laugher. If you watch the way the Dolphins play, they play right into the Steeler hand. They have a terrible offensive line, absolutely atrocious offensive line. And I don't care how bad the Steelers' pass rush is, they should be able to get to Tannehill. And on the defensive side of the ball, the Dolphins are also atrocious, especially in the secondary. They have no shutdown corner. They have no one back there to match up with A.B. or Sammy Coates or Jesse James or Marcus Wheaton. Or Darius Hayward Bay, or Le'Veon Bell, or anyone we're putting out there. This should be an absolute laugher. We should be able to score easily 40 points in this game. But again, you just—it's a Jekyll and Hyde team. You never know who's going to show up, and the ghost of Eagles past is always going to live over this team. I'm going to predict something huge, like you know, we win 49 to 10 or something like that. Um, because that's what it should be. This should be an absolutely dominating performance up and down the field. Whenever we want to score, we score. It's never a game. That's what it should be. I'm not saying that's what it's gonna be, um, but this is a, this is a, this is to me. This win will tell me as much about the team as the the week after the New England game. Look, the New England game is gonna be. Extremely important. We'll talk about it next week. That game could decide home field advantage. And of course, home field advantage in the playoffs could decide whether or not this team is playing for a Super Bowl championship in February. But this Dolphins game is going to tell me how serious this team is about achieving that goal. If they beat Miami, then they have a chance to beat New England and be the AFC home field advantage team, the team that where the AFC goes through. But it's all focus. It's all focus. This is a team that has so much more talent. And I I don't care about the injuries. I don't care that there's 11 players right now that are injured. I don't care that we're on our third string right tackle. You know, Golden might come back. Hayward's going to miss a couple weeks. I don't care about any of that stuff. None of that matters when you're playing a team as bad as the Miami Dolphins. This team has more than enough talent to go out there, shut down Tannehill, shut down their crappy running game, and just throw and run at will on this defense it should not be a game but i just have that feeling that this is going to be one i'm not saying they're going to lose but i'm saying it's, it's this has that feeling where this is going to be way tighter than it should be all right that's going to do it for steeler country this week thank you all for listening if you want to leave feedback steelercountry at gmail.com is the email address the website is steelercountrypodcast.com the twitter is twitter.com slash steeler country you can subscribe to us on itunes stitcher Google Play, any of the podcast providers, and we'll see you next week.